Want to discover leading strategies, share experiences and connect with fellow consultancy leaders from companies like EY, PwC or Porsche Consulting? Then join us in Munich for the Leaders in Consulting Conference on the 27th of June, a one-day event exclusively for consultancy leaders like you. Places are limited, so head to leadersinconsulting.com to claim your ticket now. That's leadersinconsulting.com. See you there. You do your market analysis, you hire some local experts to help you, but you need a true understanding of that local market, not just the size and etc., but the way of uh, local clients where they purchase the kind of services you're selling, etc., um, etc. Et Welcome to the Leaders in Consulting podcast, the show that delivers cutting-edge insights from other leaders in consulting companies. If you want a summary of learnings from each episode or you want to meet other consulting leaders at our monthly in-person meetups, head to leadersinconsulting.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Please note, you must be a partner or MD of a consulting company with at least 40 employees to be eligible to join our in-person meetups. Today, Mathieu Pierreux joins us. Matt is UK Managing Partner at U Group Consulting. Matt? Welcome to our show. Thank you, Sammy, for having me. Yeah, it's all. Pleasure is all mine. Um, well, first tell me about your company. What, what are you doing? So I'm a, a partner at a, a firm called uh, Eurogroup Consulting. We're a strategy and management consulting firm. We operate across Europe and across the public and private sectors. And what is your job with your company? What are you doing? So I'm a partner in our French headquartered uh, entity, and I look after our wholesale banking sector. I'm also the uh, managing partner for our UK subsidiary based uh, here in London. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you basically build out the, the UK uh, unit as far as I understood, correct? That's right. Yeah, that's going to be part of our conversation. That's super interesting because many consulting leaders dream about going international, um, but sometimes fail uh, pretty badly and lose a lot of money by doing that. And it seems like you you did some things right, yeah, because you have a team and you're growing. That's right. Um, can you can you give me a proxy of the size and growth of the whole company and maybe also your UK unit? Okay, yes. Um, so Eurogroup, we have uh, offices uh, across Europe. So Paris, Frankfurt, Vienna, Uh, Milan, Roma, Lisbon, Luxembourg, and London. Uh, we are around 600 plus consultants and around 150 million revenue mark. Um, a, a big part of that, half of that is in Paris headquarter. And I have a small team uh, here in London, a, a dozen of uh, consultants. Uh, again, how many in London? A dozen. We are a just dozen. at the moment. Yes. A dozen. Very good. And what are your ambitions for your UK um, subsidiary? Well, we, we, we want to grow the team. Uh, uh, we need to have a bit of a, a critical mass, <laughs> as one could say, uh, here in London to be able to serve our clients. So if in the next uh, year or so we could, uh, we could be uh, 20, that'd be great. Wow. That's almost doubling. That's amazing. Cool. Well, when, when this is small numbers, that's easier to, easier to double. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, you personally, geographic-wise, is it UK and I what, that you're targeting, or also uh, are you also serving like other other areas or geographic areas? Uh, so my role as the as the as the managing partner of uh, of uh, the UK practice is to serve is to serve our clients here in the UK. Um, but remember, the London entity belongs to the French headquarter, so we work very closely with uh, with Paris uh, and equally with Germany. Uh, to serve our our global clients, uh, global in the European sense, if you like, uh, and especially in my sector, the wholesale banking sector, our clients operate across most of the uh, financial centers around the globe and in Europe. So um, let's uh, take us on a little journey back. Um, so um, take us back to the time when when you um, you got the, the the task of well, we think we should go to London and we want to build up a unit there. Um, when was this, and um, and uh, well, why, why did you take up this challenge? Uh, okay, so so um, Eurogroup, in fact, started uh, in the UK uh, before me in 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. um, uh, a couple of the uh, of the French partners uh, at the time would travel to London and, and try to sort of uh, uh, service their clients, French headquarter clients in Paris. Uh, but quickly realized that they needed someone locally uh, 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 to build a team and, and drive the sort of local and global activities. Uh, so they found me <laughs> and I joined in early 2019 uh, uh, very, 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 uh, at that time. Um, but that's before COVID and before Brexit. Um, so with some uh, uh, very <laughs> obvious the word different there. <laughs> Well, yeah. So let's be honest. My uh, original three-year plan did not exactly happen as as designed. Um, uh, so it was a it was a rather complicated. Um, but the good the, the setup was a uh, 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 was pretty good because uh, being a partner in the headquarter, I had the headquarter support, I guess, uh, in building the uh, the practice. Um, before before uh, Eurogroup, I was with uh, other consulting firms, uh, small and large. Uh, 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 so I had that view, and I've been for more than twenty years in uh, in the UK in London. So I had an understanding of the local market. And um, that, that's already really interesting uh, from two perspectives. On the one hand, from the perspective of the company that wants to grow in a, in a international. So what they did is they found someone who like has part of their DNA in terms of like you are French at least yeah and uh, there's a French way of doing business and understanding how, how the mindset is and uh, but you also lived uh, in the UK for such a long time that you understand the, the local market and um, and that's something that honestly when I especially talk to founders who tried it and failed they just sent someone from headquarters over there um, and assume that just because someone speaks the language yeah it's easy yeah um, and, and apparently that's something that they did quite well. Um, do, do you think that was a big factor of you um, helping them succeed there? Uh, well, yeah, I believe so. I mean, there are multiple uh, uh, factors. And uh, I mean, one of them is the uh, understanding of the, of, of the company culture. Um, uh, second is, is the language, you refer to that. And, and, and third is the understanding of the local market. Uh, so, so you need to be able to, uh, to sort of be at the at the center point of these different dimensions, hopefully to uh, to have a chance of uh, succeeding. And how how did they filter you 
Um, and maybe you also filter them in terms of cultural fit, because I mean, being French is like just one little box uh, that doesn't like, there's a whole range of cultures that the company can have. So how, yeah. how did it work? Well, uh, interesting. So um, Eurogroup uh, Paris, or in France, the headquarter has a quite a strong uh, culture, and uh, from my perspective, at least, and, uh, and a unique sense of uh, delivering consulting services. Um, we are very independent, um, and we're always trying to reconcile um, uh, different dimensions such as digital and human, or ethics and performance, and uh, natural cycles and speed. Uh, or individual success versus co uh, collective benefits. So, so it's rather important to, um, to understand our people first culture. And, and, and from my perspective, my, my biggest challenge, uh, or has been the fact that headquarter is, uh, is rather French. So as you said, I'm French myself. So that's helpful. Uh, uh, uh but there are uh, very French ways of uh, operating uh, that needs to be understood by the team here in, uh, in London. And how do you, like, from someone who doesn't know the French way of operating, can you translate and explain a little bit, please? Um, well, that's a, that's an interesting question. So, um, so, so, I mean, at the, at the, at the micro level, uh, uh, French people, we rarely start a meeting on time. Um, uh, uh, the, the, the French working practices maybe are uh, quite hierarchical. Um, things like morning greetings are quite different between France and the, and the UK. Um, so all of these details. How, how are they morning greetings? What is the difference? You know the, you know the French, they, uh, uh, they love to greet uh, everyone, give a kiss, uh, uh, et cetera. Uh, in UK, you just uh, 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 nod and say hello and that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's very good. And And you're basically the translator then between uh, the, I mean, you, you didn't hire for all French people, I assume, in the UK, did you? No, no, no. So we are very much a diverse team. Um, I'm, 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 I'm quite British in a way as well. I grew up here on us, I mean, through the corporate ladder in, a, in an Anglo-Saxon environment. So, uh, so, so lucky, luckily I can operate on both sides. Uh, uh, but it's important, I guess, for me to have a, a quite a diverse team. So uh, n uh, people that understand uh, uh, French culture and French language, but also uh, uh, people that are used to the British uh, uh, culture and also beyond. Uh, we uh, One of the la latest uh, hires is from, in fact, from uh, Thailand and Singapore here in the UK. That's, that's like quite diverse. So, I mean, it's a small team, but still you had to onboard those people somehow and explain like <laughs> sooner or later you have, you have someone who interacts with you from French headquarters and you may have projects together. So how, how did you manage to explain and train a little bit on how to interact and interpret how people behave? Uh, well, there, I mean, there are different dimensions to that. I mean, first for me, as I said, is building a diverse team, right? So people, um, uh, talented ind individuals keen to um, sort of contribute to a high-performing team. Uh, it's a sort of um, collective human adventure, if you like, <laughs> and requires, as you can expect, uh, problem-solving skills, creativity, uh, ambition, and some humility as well. So um, so we need to find the right people, and the right people have to uh, to choose us in a way. Uh, and the second dimension is uh, this awareness of, of belonging to Eurogroup uh, headquartered in Paris. Uh, so we are very European, uh, as in the name. 
uh, and headquarters is very French. So you have to be aware of that and understand that so you can be comfortable in such an environment. And how did you how did you select the people that, in your opinion, fit the culture? Um, like how specifically, like uh, on the tactical level, um, did you do that? So, so it, rather than thinking about individuals, is how do you build a collective that is coherent and diverse enough to be able to serve your clients? So that's the way I see it. So, um, so yes, we do have a. Uh, Uh, French people uh, in the team, but they've been a bit like me for a very long time uh, abroad, at least, or in the UK. Uh, we have um, uh, very British people that have been uh, operating in the UK or Anglo-Saxon world. We have uh, people coming from consulting or even from banking or industry. Um, so for me, it's about how do you balance a, a, a diverse team, as I mentioned earlier, uh, to make it successful. And yeah. and and because we are a very small team, I mean, uh, uh, as you can imagine, with a uh, a very small office, you need people comfortable to operate in such a, a almost a free environment. Uh, 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 I I used I worked in the big four before, and uh, that's very different, as you can imagine, when you're yeah. a team of I don't know twenty thousand in the uh, in, in a single country. Uh, that's very different in terms of infrastructure support. Um, a hierarchical structure. Uh, so we, we are very, uh, a, a very small team. So you, you as an individual in that team, you need to be comfortable operating in such an environment. And, um, how would you say, do you personally cultivate the culture in, in your team in the UK? Um, yeah, different, uh, different, uh, uh, layers, if you like. I mean, firstly, I'm a, I can't, I'm a kind of a fan of rituals in the workplace. Um, so things like daily meetings where the whole team is gathered uh, to share uh, latest information uh, from the day before or the next day. Um, I'm also uh, 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 organizing sort of weekly prioritization sessions um, so we can celebrate achievements from the past week uh, and discuss prioritization for the week to come. Uh, and together with social time as well, uh, important to know each other and improve our Uh, own ways of working together, if you like. So, um, so that's that's one level of uh, of of dimension. Yeah. Um, and beyond rituals, I also believe in, um, I mean, culturally, in terms of creating a sense of adventure, um, because I believe consulting is uh, is uh, adventurous. When you pitch to a new client or when you start a new project, uh, it's like going on a collective adventure. You need yeah. a, a you need a vision. You need some convictions, you need a plan or a method, uh, and you need trust between the team members. Um, yeah. so, 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 so I think it's important. And finally, I also like um, creating a sense of uh, spontaneity, dealing with the unexpected. Um, and by doing so, I believe we as a team, we feel uh, uh, more alive and we generate uh, high energy levels. Um, so that, <laughs> to be honest, what you just described sounds pretty entrepreneurial. Like, uh, I wouldn't say this is a type of person that works in, a, like you said before, in a very structured environment. It's someone who can deal with ambiguity and uh, has fun and brings a lot of energy. And um, uh, one can feel the energy that you bring into a meeting or a room. Um, what is it? Is it like the same vibe that you find in your whole company? Or is it some, something also personal you brought into the UK uh, unit there? 
I think it's partly uh, my personal ways of working, uh, Sammy, if I'm honest. Uh, that's why I enjoy myself. So uh, that's where I feel alive. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like going on adventures. Uh, uh, so, so I see I see our works serving our clients. I mean, we are a professional services firm. We offer consulting services, so we serve our clients. And and for me, this is very much a, a collective adventure with our client. Each pro each project or each pitch. Uh, is going on a on an adventure, so that's my way of of doing that. And I was probably like this even in a big four on the film before to some extent. Yeah. Uh, the good thing about Eurogroup is the size and my responsibilities uh, allow me to, uh, uh, to 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 behave uh, like this. And then and and hopefully it works. And hopefully we can have the right people around us in Paris, in in London, uh, to be able to uh, to deliver on that. So. Um I see a common pattern here um, because uh, what you do remembers me or what also your group is, is doing um, well, either consciously or subconsciously as a company, giving you the freedom to operate the way you want to operate and to to form a kind of a subculture that still fits into your, your group but can be different because of localities. So I had, uh, for example, the founders and, and CEOs of Pixida. It's a 500-person company and they expanded to five countries in totally different cultures. So China, um, Brazil, US, Portugal, um, are really crazy. And it always worked. And the playbook was kind of what uh, you did and your group did. Uh, find someone who is a bridge between both cultures, but enable the, the local culture to, to like develop and, and in, in, like merge so that it fits, but can still be local, so to say. Yes. Yes, in my previous life or before Eurogroup and before the big four, I've, uh, I've set up a firm, a consulting firm here in the UK, uh, backed up by a US firm. And uh, 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 the, the, what was interesting back then is uh, uh, myself and a few others here in London knew the UK market, were consultant in the UK market. And, and the mothership, the headquarters, they sent a, a senior director relocated uh, Brian to, uh, uh, to, 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 to London for a couple of years. Because we had no cultural attachment or understanding of the headquarter back in the days, um, uh, and that was great. I thought, and, and, and Brian and I uh, 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 became very good friends uh, through that process. But but did work very well because Brian had all the sort of history, uh, cultural attachment to the mothership, uh, so that did uh, work very well. At Eurogroup, I don't. Uh, when they, when I joined, I didn't have uh, uh, the emotional cultural attachment with the uh, French headquarters. Uh, but being French, and I spend a lot of time in the office in Paris, uh, and it's been more than four years now. And uh, and I feel I now uh, understand uh, uh, much more about Eurogroup, the culture, what makes us quite different and unique in the marketplace, etc. So yes, it took a bit of time, or a bit longer, maybe. Uh, uh, as opposed to having someone from the mothership deployed in London with me, um, but 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 being operating in the in both culture and across the, the the channel, I think it's uh, uh, it, it's been possible like this. Yes. So, put yourself now into the shoes of being the um, the CEO of I don't know a five to five hundred eight hundred person consulting company that decides to expand to a new market whatever market it is, outside of your home turf. So it's a different culture, maybe a different language. Um, what would be the high-level steps 
that you would advise that person to take in order to improve this uh, the, or to almost be sure that you are successful? Well, I'm not sure there is a, 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 a risk proof recipe, but I think, first of all, you must have a, a very good understanding of the local market. Um, so you do your work, right? You do your uh, market analysis, you hire some local experts to help you, but you need a true understanding of that local market, not just the size and, and et cetera, but the way of uh, local clients uh, where they purchase the kind of services you're selling. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So, so that would be the first. Uh, maybe the second, and we, we, we just uh, mentioned that, but a very close uh, link to the headquarter. Yes. How are you going to maintain, how are you going to create that link and maintain it from day one? Um, uh, so that's super important. Um, it's a competitive, well, my business are operating in a very competitive market. So you have to be, to have a very clear, uh, a USP, right? You need to know why you're different or, 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 or what, what, how your services can uh, be differentiated from, from others. And maybe fourth, a, a good go-to-market strategy. Uh, where, how are you going to start? Where are you going to start? Uh, uh, are you ready to invest for how long, etc.? So a very good go-to-market. Obviously, the last two uh, points can evolve and be refined as you, as you go along. I mean, remember, my initial three-year plan for Eurogroup in London didn't happen whatsoever the way it was supposed to happen. So you have to be agile and, uh, and, 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 and re, re-steer the ship, the, the direction you, you, you want. But I think that uh, the, the, the four sort of elements I've, I've highlighted are, are quite key to me uh, to, to be able to launch in a new market. So uh, let's, let's go through your own history with your group. For each point, let's tick them off and see how you did it and uh, maybe what you learned. So first one, understand the local market. You, you said before that they already had some business through uh, French uh, companies. They served in the UK. Um, was this the main understanding of the local market or did they do something on top? Well, obviously, before uh, before decided to uh, to operate in the UK, the, the, the original demand was some uh, French headquarter clients giving the opportunity to follow them, if you like. So yeah. that's usually a good uh, a good way to start. And, and combining that with... Uh, uh, finding me or, or me uh, uh, joining joining them in uh, in early 2019, I had at the time uh, almost 20 years of being a consultant in London, not just exclusively in London because I, I worked in in many parts of the world, but but for 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 for, for companies uh, here in uh, in the UK. Uh, so I had a good understanding of, well, in fact, what we referred to before in terms of uh, how clients will uh, will buy consulting services. Uh, what the uh, the competition look like, uh, etc. So, so the combination of these three elements: client, uh, uh, um, uh, understanding of of my understanding of the market, and the ability to to operate uh, uh, at the regional level, were were quite key uh, to your group. I wouldn't say that was a a plain selling success. As I said, the first few years were 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 difficult for macroeconomic reasons uh, or geopolitical reasons, but. Uh, um, uh, but but it, it was quite an interesting journey so far. Mm -hmm. So number one, understanding the market tick. Number two, be close, closely linked to the mothership. It's kind of linked to what we just said. Well, you are French, you understand the, the French mentality, but they did some stuff on top. You said before that you spent uh, some time in Paris. How, how did they do it in the beginning and how did you do it with them? 
Yeah, so that's, as I said earlier, that took a bit longer than uh, than expected. Maybe we uh, in Paris and myself in London made some assumptions. Me being French, I would straight away collect and understand the culture. It took a bit of time. Uh, mm. uh, uh, or maybe I'm the one that thought it took longer than expected. And, and if you talk to my colleagues in Paris, they say, no, we knew that and etc. But But the thing is, before your group, I rarely worked with or within a French uh, working environment, even I was being French. So, yep. so, so, so I had to adapt and adjust myself. Uh, the good news is uh, London to Paris is uh, two hours and twenty minutes train train journey. Uh, uh, we located in central London. The uh, headquarters in the central Paris. So super easy to to spend a lot of time in the office um, uh, uh, because of that easy commute. Um, um, so, so that's. Uh, the way we we did it, and also some of the uh, partners in the partner group in in France are, are quite international uh, in the way they operate and the client they serve and the project they do. So that sort of um, a handful of uh, of uh, of colleagues uh, uh, did the did the, the the reverse commute and came and helped and and contributed to or are still contributing uh, to the uh, uh, to 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 the growth of the London office. Uh, so it went both ways, uh, and then you learn to work with people. Uh, uh, some people you 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 click quickly, and you 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 work very easily with them. Uh, and 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 if they were like me, or if they are like me, very international, then we do projects together. And you know how it works. I mean, consulting. Once you pitch together, you deliver project together. Uh, then you form yeah, yeah. the relationship exactly. Yeah. Um. In in hindsight, what what would you have done if you could have done one thing different or on top? Or uh, in another way, what would you have done differently so that uh, the whole bonding and the whole merging and understanding of the culture would have gone faster? Yeah, we could have made it a bit faster if we had a, a, a sort of a director or someone with a I don't know six, eight, ten years experience of your group uh, willing to uh, to relocate to London for a couple of years. Uh, uh, as per my previous example back in the days, that would have been a I think an accelerator of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay. It wouldn't have guaranteed any more successes, to be fair, and the geopolitics at the time and all of this, but but it would have maybe make it a, a bit quicker. Um, and also, I mean, uh, uh, me being even more involved somehow in international projects, not those based in London, but contributing to project out, I don't know, Paris, Frankfurt, wherever, also would, from, from the start, would have been a, a, an ac another accelerator of this. It took a yeah. bit of time to... Everyone find their feet. Uh, I was an external hire, partner level. You know how it is. I mean, that takes a bit of time to uh, yeah. to build trust. Huh? That's natural uh, uh, human relationships. Yeah, yeah. So, and what I hear, um, like um, finding a way to build these personal bonds and relationships on partner level, uh, however you can do it, um, probably also accelerates than than everything. Yeah. Um, you, then number three, you said, is having the USP so that you can succeed in a very crowded market because, I mean, the, the customers you go after, it's not like you're the only consultancy in the world who, who serves them. Um, what is the USP that your group uh, brought to, or brings to, to the UK? And why did you, I mean, that's an interesting, yeah. why did you decide to basically say, I, I believe this could be something big. Uh, I want to invest my own time um, and, and bet on your group in, in London. Yeah, that's a good uh, good question. Um, uh, because in a way, we are quite traditional strategy, management consulting, uh, 
uh, yes, you have the MBBs, and then you have the Big Four, and then you have the hundreds of other players, and and somehow everybody does the same uh, kind of uh, of uh, of work. Yes, supporting clients, uh, solving their problems, if you like. Um, so we do that. We're part of that crowd. Uh, I guess for me at the time when they came and, uh, and 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 convinced me to to join the story is few things. One is the way we do it at Eurogroup, as I mentioned earlier. Is very people centric, but not just in a written on a slide somewhere. Is tools and methodologies and ways of working uh, adapted to the situation or the clients, and 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 and, and quite uh, uh, quite interesting. And there's a, a French way of doing that as well within that element. We are the founder of a chair in with an, an academic chair in Paris with some. Uh, 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 thinking about uh, a future of leadership and and etc. So it's very much ingrained academically as well as practically on the ground uh, and the way Eurogroup delivers uh, uh, its services. Uh, and that convinced me back in the days. I mean, I was always in the people business. Consulting is a visible business. You, you assemble teams of people to service uh, 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 clients made of people trying to solve one of the big problems. Uh, uh, so, so it's always been a people business, but with that very much um, uh, differentiated element uh, from from your group. So, so I would say that's part of our USP. And also, the second element is your group from the start, because of the small size, always operated an ecosystem of complementary skill sets and 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 and, and, and subsidiaries specialized in some topics. So, for example, for data and AI. Even before my time, back in nothing uh, in 2016, 2017, uh, they, they, they set up a, a subsidiary specialized into that to recruit data scientists, different from the traditional consultants you might have on the consulting side, and 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 decided to to invest into that new subsidiary to address a new topic that sort of six years later is quite relevant to the marketplace. So, 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 so this ecosystem was also for me a new way of operating. When I was in a big four, everything was in, was in house uh, under the same umbrella and you had lots of competencies and lots of experts into one brand. Um, at your group, we operate a, a, a number of brands and, and subsidiaries specialized in their, in their, in, in their sector, each of them quite small in a way. Uh, but very much complementary to each other. Though that creates that emulation, maybe entrepreneurial uh, ways of working you described before, Sami, but but that convinced me as well. That was a, a, an interesting setup to be part of. Mm -hmm. And and how are you incentivized? Is it like, um, is it based on the growth of the UK unit or is it based on the success of, of the, the whole company? Um, how how did, you, uh, did they structure it so that you say, well, that's cool? If uh, if I put in my all, I get something out of it. Yeah, that was uh, that was a subject to lengthy uh, conversations uh, uh, and very uh, honest, transparent, sane conversation. That's also convinced me and 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 at the time. But but uh, we we are a true equity partnership model. So uh, but, uh, we we own the firm between us. Uh, uh, and uh, we take decisions collectively, uh, key decisions collectively. Um, so we we partners at the HQ level. So the good news is the success of London, even though it's quite small compared to headquarters. But the success of London is the is the concern of everyone in Paris because we all partners of the HQ. Uh, so back to my comment earlier, 
uh, 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 partners and my colleagues in Paris are equally uh, concerned about uh, making sure London is a success. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's uh, I, I believe that's a good setup. But that yep. means I need also, as I said, uh, operate with uh, uh, with Paris uh, uh, quite uh, quite often, which is great, uh, uh, and 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 be involved with the uh, uh, growing the Paris office equally, um, and, and looking after the uh, uh, one of our wholesale uh, banking sectors. Uh, I, I, I deliver and serve clients equally in Paris or, or London. Yeah, yeah. What I like about it um, is the simplicity. Not thinking about crazy. Um Goal set KPIs where your salary or whatever depends on that you grow your revenue in this one unit to this size. But you look um, at, at the whole company. If you can help someone do a great project in Germany, France, or whatnot, you you pitch in because you know if they are successful, uh, it's good for you. And the other way around too. It's not like that everyone says, "Well, I have my own market in uh, UK." I mean, that's mad. And whatever he does, it's good for you, good for him. But I don't care that much. This way, uh, they they probably think about the size of the market. Say, if we could grow this one, and then my shares um, will be uh, bigger, and my my dividends uh, will be higher. So, um, yeah, it's uh, simplicity is sometimes good. Oh yeah, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. We do have uh, annual budgets and KPIs yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, medium term plans, and yeah, of course, we do have all of this. But yes, from a a structure perspective, it means everyone is on the same boat uh, and everyone's due to support each other in a way. And uh, I'm a big fan of the multi-partner model. So when yeah. we chase a client, when we deliver a client, it's not the concern of one partner. It's at least two or, or depending on the on the size and expertise. But uh, so, so yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody is uh, uh, driving towards the same uh, objective. Yeah, very good. So... Um... Let's let's switch a little bit because uh, ah one one last one we didn't uh, we didn't dive into deeper uh, let's let's go to that one go to market yeah so um, two two questions there um, what what was the goal or it was basically the the French way of going to market uh, that that you uh, learned is how they acquired customers and what what did you change or did you adapt or did you take over exactly how they did it for the UK market to win your first clients? Yeah, that's interesting. So this one, and I think I mentioned it, I mentioned it previously, this, this, we had to readjust this one a little bit. So uh, originally, uh, the combination of your group headquarter clients operating in the UK will be a fantastic uh, 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 route to market together with some of my previous clients I've been operating with before, uh, uh, we, we, we can serve them as well. Uh, noting that the two lists were uh, uh, very much mutually exclusive, which was great because that make a bigger list. Um, uh, in practice, you uh, being quite a small firm overall, uh, uh, we had to we had to adjust and prioritize. Uh, you can't you can't go after 25 clients uh, in the new market uh, when you have one local partner and 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 some partners in Paris willing to to jump on the Eurostar. So so we had to to adjust to prioritize um, the the first avenue. The French headquartered clients is great because they know us uh, in 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 usually in Paris headquarter. France is quite hierarchical and centralized, as we said earlier. So someone. In the client setup in headquarter might be the decision maker for consulting services here in the locally in the UK, and we might happen to know that person. We might happen to have a master service agreement with them, so that's a really um, 
good facilitator of uh, of of doing uh, business here in the UK. Um, the second, which was uh, uh, my clients, uh, yes, a handful of them we uh, we we work with. Uh, it takes some time uh, for the clients to understand what is different. I mean, you're mad from before, or you're the new mad in a new environment, and you need to adjust and explain. And 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 in fact, as you did, Sammy, sort of the client will integrate why why have you jumped a ship and what what is different and so it takes a bit of time um but it works eventually um and again we our market share is uh, is insignificant i guess in the in the uk so it does uh, uh, it does uh, it does help uh, 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 to to operate on these two fronts and the third one maybe is uh, is be adventurous uh, explore explore new territories uh, even for me, challenging myself. So no, I always done uh, wholesale banking for this uh, dozen of uh, very well established investment banks. Uh, let's go and pitch other other type of client. Maybe still into the banking sector, but during different type of banking, and see how we can help them. And you have to explore, uh, be be brave, and explore new avenues, uh, new new territories, and hopefully make a make a success of it. So if you take, if you can think back and if you can take a hundred percent of your pitching time or like go to market time that you allocate, how much did you allocate towards uh, French headquarters, uh, already existing relationships that you help facilitate to get something in your pay? How much did you allocate to your existing cli like clients that you personally know that you want to bring to the new company and how much adventure, uh, um, Why outs uh, did you did you do? If you allocate like 100 of your time, how how did you distribute it? Well, I I, I guess the original plan was probably something sixty uh, percent uh, French headquarter clients, forty percent Matt clients, and we'll make a success. Uh, then Brexit, then COVID, then everything, and so okay, let's rethink. <laughs> uh, and if eventually, it's probably uh, it's probably still sixty percent uh, Paris headquarter clients, but it's probably maybe 20 or 30 percent of, of my previous clients and a new 10 percent 15 20 percent of of, uh, of uh, new territories new territories for me but not for your group headquarters so that's mm. where the model works because you would have someone in Paris a person with expertise credibility in the French marketplace for a specific subsector or specific topic hey mm. jump on the Eurostar We're going to talk to clients here in the UK in that sector that I didn't know before, but because you have that expertise, let's try to make it a success. For example, um, uh, we've been quite involved here in the UK on the sort of personal finance side. So it's not retail, it's not the wholesale, it's in somewhere in the middle. And, 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 and we had, I have colleagues in Paris operating in that environment or have been operating for the last uh, 20 years. And how do I use that expertise, knowledge? Uh, 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 in, uh, and import that in London for the same kind of uh, uh, clients here in the UK market. And that's proven to be quite successful. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a good playbook. Uh, so when, when you are in, or someone is in, in your shoes, Matt, and, and opens up a new branch um, and has some market knowledge, some existing clients, Uh, well, you, you do what, what, I mean, that's a normal playbook. You, you, the, the headquarters, uh, takes the relationships and tries to get some clients in the new locality. That's kind of them leveraging you. Uh, maybe you poke a little bit, but they, they should drive it somehow. It's at least my assumption. Um, yeah. then the other way around, you have existing clients, um, and, and want to bring them. Um, that's, that's then on you. And then there's like a mix of, um, uh, looking at, 
at the the solution space. Uh, some of the solution space you can offer the green stuff is what you already know. I mean, that's already ticked off. And then there's some, some I don't know, let's call it a blue ocean area where there's some knowledge from the headquarters and hopefully you can build a good relationship with that partner who knows that. Uh, and you know there's a market in your locality and then where well, you have to team up and, and, and go after that one for some tests. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit of a tech uh, tech culture or startup culture. You try and fail fast, yes. Yeah? So you yeah. you you try, it doesn't work. Okay, you readjust and 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 you open your eyes to maybe other things you haven't done you personally in the past, but the the the, the corporate the organization has somewhere somehow some expertise you can import. So yeah, that's important. What what was most fun for you during the last uh, three four years on this journey of especially I mean looking at the go to market. What did you like most? Um, well, is to go on uh, on sort of a new adventures and decide which ones you would uh, I, 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 I would pursue, right? But uh, that's uh, that's quite a luxury huh? when you think about it these days to um, to to decide which uh, adventure you're going to launch, which uh, clients you're going to pitch, which uh, projects you're going to jump on, um, how you're going to staff that, the resources you're going to take on board. Um, I mean, for example, our recruiting process is London is pretty simple. Yeah, uh, 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 someone from the team uh, will interview the candidate, and if it's a positive, then I have a chat, and then we make an offer. I mean, it's quite uh, it's quite quick. Uh, uh, in, in my previous firms, there would be four or five rounds. There would be online assessments. There would be such and such. I mean, we have to go quick. Uh, we have to go fast. Um, uh, if we want to win in the, in the, in the marketplace, so uh, yeah, it's quite uh, it's quite interesting and fun actually. Very cool. Um, what, what was your your strategy of activating your existing network in London? And can you remember the first client that you brought to the table? Then how did it work? Um, yeah, a couple of things. So I, I've been uh, operating in London for for quite a while now. So. And being French as well, I operate within sort of Franco-British uh, uh, networks, um, and and that's a good way to uh, uh, to to have corporate conversations. It's not a it's not usually in such networks you do business, but at least you are being recognized. You have a voice. You. Um, uh, you, 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 you bring some elements to the table. I'm also involved, uh, uh, uh in those environments. Um, uh, for example, I'm a, 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 a foreign uh, trade advisor, uh, uh, for France. So that gives you a voice into some environments where the relationship between, uh, UK and France, Paris and London are, are quite important. So, uh, so I continue that. There's a continuity into that, which was important. Um, and existing or previous clients, um, uh, typically in wholesale banking, a business COO with a global role, uh, uh, from London would have some projects, uh, every now and then to be kicked off. And because I had the personal relationship, uh, with some of that, we were being consulted. Um, you know, our market don't operate very much, um, Sort of public uh, uh, RFPs is is RFPs across a selected uh, a short list of uh, potential firms, and the, the the biggest challenge is to be invited and to be part of You're the short the list. <laughs> exactly, um, but through previous relationships and etc., we managed to uh, uh, to get that. But then you have to prove you have to. It's a leap of faith for your clients to say, okay, I'll take you. Uh, yeah. uh, to do your, and every time, even if it's a client you've known for 20 years, uh, it's, uh, 
you have to convince uh, the client again and again uh, uh, that's going to be the best uh, partner to help them solve their uh, specific problem. Yeah, um, but uh, what, what you mentioned, um, and, and I, I hear it in the subcontext of what you're saying, Matt, is that um, the value that you have for yourself that no one can take away from you uh, as a person is um, the amount of people where you are seen as a trusted advisor. And uh, no matter what kind of company you are, they will still at least put you on a shorter list and uh, at least call you when there is something to do. And I mean, it depends on then what happens afterwards. If you if you pitch right and they have the feeling and whatever, who else is deciding there if you win? But um, yeah, being being good at doing that is, is probably a good success factor, no? Yes, and I would add the uh, the reputation of the brand, the corporate brand. Some brands are more. Uh, weight on the market than others. Uh, Eurogroup in London is uh, not a recognized brand. Uh, uh, so hence the comment you just made, uh, uh, Sami, I, I would agree. For bigger or, or organization that have a, a, a more recognized brand, maybe that will be less uh, true. But but yeah, I would, I would concur. And that's what I like about what we do as consultants is, is really, I mean, it's humans helping humans solving their problems <laughs> so it's quite interesting yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah no it's really it's really nice um, and i mean the rolodex is not existing in real life at least most people don't have it anymore but in the end i can still remember when i started as a consultant and the partner back then who was my mentor said <laughs> said at this table and he said well sammy look at my i i want you to uh pick out like this, listen, this person, research what they recently wrote and have problems and I want to have like a, a reach out plan. And so <laughs> it was a Rolodex, but in the end, everybody has this Rolodex and you had your own. And um, it's it's kind of nice to know that no matter what happens, that's that's nothing uh, some, someone could take away from you. Yeah, that's kind of an intrinsic value you bring and, and would take away if someone like, if you would go somewhere else, yeah. Um, Can you give me an example now? Let's let's switch to the uh, failing sites because these are interesting stories um, for for pitching. Can you give me an example or us on a time when you you when you failed uh, to win a pitch and where you said, "Oh, that hurt." Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, plenty of examples. Unfortunately, um, I mean, lately we uh, uh, we missed or uh, I missed uh, two very uh, interesting projects uh, here in London. In fact, with the same client. Uh, Uh, and I was under the impression that uh, I knew the client very well. They knew uh, they knew me. Uh, they didn't know your group, I guess, in a way, as I explained before. But me, they knew me from a long time. Um, I, I believe the client understood uh, the positioning, our, our proposition. We had a good, uh, uh, I believe, on two occasions, uh, good proposals. Uh, but unfortunately, it was not for us. Um, so key lesson learned. Uh, maybe I should have. Uh, 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 clarified uh, some of the assumptions I made uh, uh, myself, uh, uh, believing I knew the client. I should have clarified uh, their need um, and 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 address any ambiguity there might have been uh, in the uh, in the in, in the proper or in our exchange. Uh, usually, you know, it works. You you have a number of exchanges. You have a bit of a, a requirement list or uh, the request. You try to address it in a creative way. You put your best foot forward. All of this. Uh, but you make assumptions along the way, obviously. Um, yeah, so this, this too, in fact, too, uh, 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 they, they hurt quite a bit uh, because that's a client I'm really keen to work with. Um, and, and that was two fails in a row. 
And um, did you find out in hindsight what the main decision criteria were and why someone else was was selected then through the people that you personally know at the client? Yeah, side? yeah, no, no, we did. Uh, hence my comment about I should have clarified uh, the exact. That, that was basically client, feedback. I went on. I went on the tangent. I thought I, I knew them. I thought I knew their business. Uh, uh, so I thought I, I had the answer to their problems, uh, which clearly uh, I, I didn't pitch uh, right. So. So uh, yeah, I mean that's that's for me to uh, uh, to learn the lesson. Uh, you should always clarify. Uh, you should always uh, uh, address any assumptions you're making or any bias you might have because yeah. you think you've done it before or you think you know them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that that was painful. Um, yeah. uh, but hopefully, third time lucky. <laughs> yeah, and and um, and my. I assume outside in that if you involve your champion, the person or the, the people, if you, if it's more than one person, the people that you, that are in this, in this company, it's kind of back channeling. Yeah. You're, you're a secret advantage to someone who doesn't have these personal relationships. Um, it, it could be that, um, they have a, a higher stake because they invested time with you and they gave you their insights and their own personal goals. And, uh, then they basically maybe even. Um, on their side, pitch for you. Yeah, well, you have. Uh, I always remember. I mean, that's why the, the advice I give also to my uh, to my team and my people is never personal. Uh, uh, it's not a. It's not an easy business. It's very competitive. We uh, you have to pitch and you have to entertain those relationships. You have to understand the the the, the problems they they are trying to achieve, and you don't win every time. That's that's the way it is. So more than often, you would uh, you would not win. <laughs> so don't take it personally. Uh, 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 do something else for, for, for a short time and then come back. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, what did you, can you remember the, the exact point of time when you heard that you didn't win and how did it feel and how did you pick yourself up? What is your mental strategy? Because I understand that if you put in a lot of time with your team and maybe partners from the chat quarter and you even feel like you're, you're basically number one and then I say, ah, I'm sorry, Matt, you didn't make it. What then? Yeah, no, interesting. So the thing is, uh, and I, as you probably know, Sammy, you invest quite a lot in pitching to a client. Eh? You, 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 you put a lot of emotions, energy, motivation, passion into trying to convince uh, uh, them you can help uh, uh, them addressing their sort of uh, specific situation. Um, so you, and you're, you're quite, um, uh, energized. Oh, I am very energized about this. Give me a problem. I'll, I mean, I'll try to solve it. And then you need, and the pitch is about convincing the client that the solution you put forward is the right one for them. So, so you are quite uh, high on energy at that moment. And when you fail, and, and in that instance, I mean, our clients in uh, wholesale banking, they're quite mature. So they have procurement team and you get a message from procurement, which is the bad cops. And yeah, thank you very much. Great. Uh, Great proposal, technically very strong, but hey, you came, uh, you came second. We always second. When we don't yeah, win, yeah. we always <laughs> second. Anyway, um, so uh, so yeah, that's stuff. And then what I did is, uh, as you did mention, I I knew someone or, or a couple of people uh, uh, quite closely, very very senior people. So I gave uh, I gave them a call. Uh, one of them I went for lunch with uh, to to debrief, and uh, and that was a uh, again, it's not a personal, even though that's personal relationship you have. This is not a personal decision. Um, uh, um, and listen, learn. Uh, we didn't pitch the right way. Uh, we didn't bring the maybe the best resources forward or the best methodology, whatever the context is. Uh, um, 
and you need to pick yourself up and uh, and uh, and uh, uh, go about it. So so for me, it's um, it's a it's it's a combination of ambition. You need to be ambitious and pitch for those programs and and humility as well. Huh? You have to be humble <laughs> and realize that's not always your solution the best. And and what I hear out of it, and that's maybe even something. Um, maybe you do it, um, but what what I hear out of it as a really good strategy to get better over time, and maybe even deepen the relationship with the people you know, is that um, before there's any decision, already uh, say that maybe set the date and say no matter what happens, we go to lunch. If we win, it's a celebration lunch, and we look forward on how to do stuff together. And if we are not, uh, we are number two. Yeah, <laughs> we are number two. Um, Then at least we talk together and uh, ha have a nice lunch, and maybe you can tell me what we can do better. Because, uh, well, of course, um, we want to be the best at what we do. And then, no matter what happens, you at least get the feedback. Yeah, that's important. That's very important to uh, to understand. I mean, it's not easy, right? It's painful not to win, uh, especially when you involve, uh, especially when you think you had a good, good, good chance, right? So, so it does, it does, it does hurt. Huh? So, so don't get me wrong. It's not, uh, it's not a nice moment, but. Uh, Uh, yes, having feedback, uh, taking the time to understand um, uh, th those relationships. I mean, you, you you probably know that better than I do, but you establish with those clients. They're not one-off specific projects, specific speech. They, if if you're successful eventually at some point, and you do work and you do help them, you want this relationship to sustain years and years and years of working relationships. So so it's yeah. not because you fell once. I mean with. Looking back in three years, four years down the line, I will look at these two projects. They oh, are they were quite small anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, but in the moment when when you run a small uh, small size uh, consulting firm, not winning uh, or coming second twice in a row for one yeah, time. that that stinks. No, but I think also from the perspective of your champion in the company, if they see improvements, you know, that's also nice to see that. Um, Whatever they invested in you, because they're also investing time in you, um, the other way around. So whenever they see you succeed over time, then and uh, and then winning and then helping them, that's also nice for them. I assume uh, because um, I don't assume for them personally. It's also nice to because they like you. That's why I, I mean it's a personal side and a business side. They understand you can serve the business side, but I mean you always have I assume a personal relationship with those people as well. So um, it, it it probably not a nice situation for them as well. Yeah, and it's also a way to um, uh, uh, to meet uh, other decision makers into that client's organization, and for them, your contacts or your sponsors, as you said earlier, to give you an opportunity to convince other people within their organization that you could help them. And yeah. sometimes you, you don't achieve that, but that's okay because that gave you a chance. You know more people. Uh, maybe they come back to you, as I said earlier, third time lucky, potentially. And it, it, it's a little bit of a numbers game, right? You need to have meetings, so you generate proposals, and you need to generate a certain number of proposals to win projects. I mean, that's the way it works as well. And and maybe what you just said, it, it's um, you, I think you call it multi-threading. Yeah, so if you have more than one contact or potential champion in a company, and the more you do this exercise, um, and, and the more people you have on the decision-making uh, team, basically, that you know personally, the higher probably the chance um, that that um, where you have some inside knowledge. And, and that's basically it. Huh? Have the inside knowledge of what you have to do and back-channel uh, and tailor-make your solution because then it's exactly what they look for. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's also um, uh, uh, introducing members of your team to their other clients because you don't, I mean, I don't pitch alone, obviously. I've come with the team. And uh, so it's an opportunity to, to, to understand the, 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 wider, the wider team as well. So, yeah, it's important. So now we don't only want to talk about failure. We also want to talk about successes uh, because, um, I mean, you, you don't pitch to lose, you pitch to win and you also win. I strongly assume. Can you give me one example um, of a time where you successfully won a pitch and it really made you happy? Uh, yes, 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 yes. So recently, uh, we won quite a, an important project for a, a banking client. Uh, um, through a, a contact of ours, uh, we were added um, sort of last minute to a short list, as we mentioned uh, before, uh, of consulting firms to respond to uh, an RFP, a client we, or I never worked before with, and so they didn't know me at all, uh, or never worked with your group before. Uh, so a brand new, brand new client. So um, why, why did you get shortlisted then? Because um, uh, uh, someone in the firm knew someone at the client side at a personal level, and they were chatting ah. and said, oh, we're running this RFP, and the uh, uh, and maybe your firm wants to be uh, uh, to be pitching, and the guy called me because it was in banking wholesale banking sector. I said, yeah, okay, we'll give it a go. I mean, that's new. That's uh, you know, when I said earlier, you need to uh, be open to new opportunities, and uh, that's part of the twenty percent we talked about earlier. I said, yeah, let's try, let's put some effort, and we did. As I mentioned earlier, I mean, uh, I love trying to solve problems. So, so here's a big, big, big problem uh, uh, a client, uh, a new client have, and we need to uh, put a. Uh, ideas on paper and approach and team. How are we going to solve that? And um, and and surprisingly, I mean, because we are pitching again. It was not just a short list. And it was quite a long list of firms who were pitching on that one. Oh, uh, and, yeah, and surprisingly, we we went through the rounds. Uh, uh, we qualified to the final and we won. Uh, so, the so how many? If you know how many companies were on the long list and how many rounds did you have to go? No, through? I don't. I don't know the exact uh, number of long lists. Again, these are uh, uh, private RFPs, but I'm guessing there was a dozen, uh, twelve uh, firms pitching. You can imagine some of the uh, 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 very well recognized strategy firms uh, were the pitching. Yeah, probably, uh, if not all, some of them uh, plus a few others. So it was very competitive. Um, we took a very, or I took uh, with a, a, a colleague, a partner from Germany. Uh, together, we took a very Europe, um, Eurogroup uh, uh, centric approach. Mm -hmm. uh, this was a very strategic, complex uh, uh, program they wanted to launch. Uh, we, 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 we decided to be a little bit brave. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and because clearly we were the underdogs, right? So, uh, or I thought we were the underdogs. So we, gave us the opportunity to be, a, I think, a little bit brave in a way. Um, and, and surprisingly, we, 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 we got through. We got coached on the way. We made connections during the process. Uh, and one of the very senior person on the board, for some reasons I still don't understand today, even though he became a good friend, uh, decided to mentor us through the process. And, uh, yeah. and we, managed to, uh, we managed to win it. So that is the, the key success factor I hear out of that, that of course you are brave and you try new things, but in the end you have someone on the client side who wants you to win for whatever reason and who yeah, helps you a little bit, no? Yeah, yeah, that's part of the, I think they did that very, uh, uh, in a very clever way, uh, uh, the client. I think they picked up some board members, decided or were told or decided to 
uh, mentor when they when we went to the final we're down to a list of three i think three members of the board decided to uh, mentor each of the uh, of the competitive firm to make it even more uh, efficient i guess for them uh, so it I makes think sense it, makes yeah, it was a clever process. You had, they invested a lot of time and energy into selecting the right firm. It was, a, it was. Um, uh, I picked up on that one because it was a, 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 an important program for them at the group level across Europe, across many geographies. Uh, really transforming their their businesses in a way, or, or many, at least putting putting a roadmap together. How many mandates or people? Do you put or did you put it on the project? I, I don't have I don't have the I don't have the exact number, but that was a an eight month project, and on the Eurogroup side, we were a team of twelve full time, almost full time people. So it was a big uh, it was a big program, and we had a a, a big client team uh, 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 with us. Um, okay, but going back to you, sorry, no, go ahead. Now, just going back to your question about sort of. Uh, 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 why or why I think uh, uh, we won? Maybe I mean yes. during the pitch, as I said earlier, we we're a bit. Um, I think we were a bit brave in the sense that we didn't really tell them what they wanted to hear. Um, that was, as I said, an ambitious program, and in fact, we told them. I remember telling them uh, at the board meeting uh, 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 during the uh, the selection process that it won't be easy. It won't be plain selling. Um, and I think they heard that. Um, and also, as I said, we're true to our sort of uh, DNA and we took a very human centric approach. Uh, uh, we proposed to embark a large part of the organization into rethinking uh, their organization as opposed to a more traditional top down sort of ambition cascading approach. So we took a very uh, uh, people centric approach. And also the, the, the fun part, uh, Sami, is that. Uh, the client ambition was very much pan-European. Uh, they, they were they, they very much established across uh, uh, Frankfurt and Paris uh, yeah. in Europe, and uh, uh, and we call Eurogroup, and we operate Frankfurt, Paris, London. So the fun part is uh, it's probably the way we 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 named, and the fact that our team uh, in our proposal was mirroring completely in the bank's organization uh, that probably helped a lot as well. Yeah, and. What I, I recently, um, so I'm, I'm part of a, a community. It's called Entrepreneurs Organization. And, um, it's, it's a community of entrepreneurs, um, or with companies, um, with a minimum size. And you have these, um, coaching days, uh, where like each, each quarter there's one coaching day. And, uh, this quarter, it was uh, a week ago, it was strategy day. And uh, they made us read one article of, of, I think it was Michael Porter from 1996. Yeah, so uh, you could say, wow, since 1996, that's pretty old. But what I liked about it is that, um, um, to paraphrase, you have to know what, what, what unique, what makes you unique on how you serve the specific customer needs that, that you want to serve. And you have to say no to some and yes to the ones that you really want to serve. And then um, everything you do, the whole processes, uh, the people you hire, everything is geared towards how you operate. What you say is basically that's your DNA, the human-centric way of doing things. And you bring it to the pitches and whatnot. And for if your your client doesn't want that, then it's probably also not a good fit because um, they expect something different and you bring your DNA to the table and then it's always friction. Maybe you win, but then you don't have a lot of fun. 
I, I assume, yeah. And, and and this seems like they also liked your DNA, and there's was a good fit. And um, it will, if I could predict something, uh, and uh, was it a success the the project? Oh well, yeah, I mean, very much indeed. We, uh, to be fair, when we got, when I got the call that we won, my first reaction was, "Oh shit, we have to do it now," <laughs> because because that was a big uh, that was a big end over, uh, 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 very difficult, uh, complex, um, uh, including some restructuring. It, it's not not only very nice strategy stuff. I mean, that was a, a very interesting. Had to mobilize people across. Because that's what we said. We said we mobilize a large part of your organization across all your four businesses, across all your locations, and say, okay, now we have to do it. <laughs> uh, so we had a bit of a moment of, oh shit, it's real. We're starting Monday. Uh, so yeah. Uh, uh, but with the, um, across London, Paris, uh, and Frankfurt, we, we put the team together. Uh, uh, we managed to work uh, hybrid remotely on site. Uh, the client was uh, fantastic. And yes, it was a success. Uh, not always easy, uh, as you can imagine, uh, but really success. And it was fantastic. We, we were, we are called up to their board, uh, because it was such an important project. We had to report to their board, uh, uh, every, every three weeks or something like this. So, uh, uh, uh the night before, as you can imagine, we were rehearsing quite, uh, quite, uh, 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 well, uh, what we had reporting at the board the next day. But uh, it was a fantastic, great client, um, fantastic opportunity, um, put our name out there. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, was really good. Yeah. Um, so what, what I wanted to say earlier, I assume because, I mean, you bought your human-centric way of, of executing projects and this was a success. So it, it, it fit to the company culture of your client as well then how you operate. Um, so I would guess that uh, also with the exposure to the board, that this will not be your last project uh, that you did for that company. So, so that's interesting. So first point, yes, but we had to convince every time, every layer of management, every new department or business you go to, the first reaction is why? <laughs> why do we do this? Well, yes, we. <laughs> this is the approach. This is the, these are the uh, predicted benefits and etc. So it, it, it takes a lot of... Uh, Conviction, adoption of the approach when you convince the team, I don't know, 12 or 15 people to sign on and say, yeah, this is the way we're going to do it. Then you need to make it real. Uh, yeah. uh, so that's, that takes uh, time and effort. Uh, yeah. Second is these are the kinds of projects that they don't happen every year. They're, they're big endovers, they're big investments, <laughs> they're high cost, uh, and they transform the way the organization operates. Uh, uh, so they don't happen every morning. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so you don't do that again and again and again with the same clients every year. But as you said, once you're in and you have these relationships and you've proven yourself, you'll be given more opportunities to, to help the client. And you end up knowing them quite uh, intimately, so that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, 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 a nice uh, that's a nice uh, a result. So, Matt, if you could summarize the top three secret sauce advices that you have for other partners uh, of consultancies um, to to outperform their competition and win projects, what would you tell them? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know the recipe. Otherwise, I'll be your uh, own uh, recipe. I mean, what yeah, what works okay. for you? What you learned up to um, now? So maybe for me, maybe some of the words I've used earlier. But this is about being passionate and maybe being courageous, right? So so if you 
if you share and you stay true to your convictions, uh, that, that's helpful. Uh, and, 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 and being courageous is not the absence of fear. Right? It's a, it's the sentiment that something uh, bigger or something else is more important. So, so I think it's, it's important. Um, and also maybe, uh, back on the comments on the failure earlier, be aware of your biases, right? So be aware that you make assumptions and you have your ways of, uh, of, uh, of thinking. So, so listen more. Uh, we, I mean, we, I'm a consultant and we consultants, we, we tend to have an answer to every yeah. problem <laughs> in front of us. Oh, yeah, I, I know, I know I have a methodology. And so listen, uh, listen to, 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 to your clients, listen to your team, to your people. Uh, and listen to yourself. Uh, uh, so yes, that, that would be that would be my uh, maybe my uh, my ingredients uh, yeah. uh, to make it uh, hopefully a good uh, a good dish. <laughs> and um, what I what I also hear out of your second point that you mentioned with being courageous, um, it's a little bit like the the challenger um, approach. Yeah, you don't accept an RFP as it's written. And say, yeah, that's all true. And we just pitch to whatever is written there. Um, but maybe also a second guess what they really wrote there and say, well, you said you want this, but we talked to you and we learned that, that maybe there could be a different way uh, and, and be better. Did, did you mean kind of that when you said a little bit courageous um, or, or how would you interpret that one? Um, so, so, so I would inject a little bit of humility into that as well. So what you okay. described for me is... Uh, uh, and with, without uh, any disrespect, it's a little bit the MBB approach. That's a great question, but the answer I have is for another question. And here's what I propose, and that's fantastic, and it works. What I meant uh, uh, is a little bit different, a bit of humility. I would, I would not ever pretend I know the client's problem or challenges better than they do, um, because they live in the ceremony, <laughs> uh, their shareholders, and their 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 challenges. So what I meant is. Being courageous in a way, okay, you have this problem. Um, uh, uh, let me help you first understand exactly what the root cause of that problem is potentially. Uh, so not, not, don't take that for granted. Do a bit of exploration as we, as we discussed before. And mm -hmm. second, educate, convince the client that the, the elements you're going to bring to the solutionizing of that are helpful in a simple way. Um, mm -hmm. For example, as I said earlier, embark, we, we propose to embark most part of your organization. Why would you do that? That's a big end over. It takes time and energy. And it, yes, it does. But what you invest up front won't be a risk or cost along the line if you need to try to change things for real. Because if you embark people, there will be less resistance in the adoption later on. Um, so, I mean, everybody knows that, but being brave in a way, yeah, I know it's going to cost you a bit more time and effort to do it. Uh, but, but if we do that, the, the likelihood of success down the line, uh, we believe are greater and, and demonstrate that somehow to your client. That's yeah. what I meant by, by brave, not in a way of rephrasing the problem and addressing it in a different way, but yeah. it's a, it's con, it's con, it's having the courage to, to bring this conviction and say, this is the way we believe you're going to be the most successful. But then you didn't just take the RFP as it was written, but it, it seems like you said you have to invest more, more time, more effort, more money probably to, to get your whole company like um, yes. ready behind that. And in fact, the funny result, uh, Sami, of this one, without going into too much details, is the fact that the contract 
we signed after all that process, the price of the contract or the fees for us were much higher than when we started. See? So you, yeah. that, that's great. And that's what basically, um, I think the whole concept of challenger, challenger says is that you, um, that you have to ask the right questions. So you don't just say, I know it better and you should do it differently, but you have to, as you said, and that is, I think the, 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 the main most important words get to the root cause of the problem. Um, because they know themselves better, but sometimes a coach can, um, can force yes. you to dive a yes. little deeper. Yes. You see the, the problem, for example, like let's take a very simple example. I'm too heavy. Yeah. I want to lose weight. So yeah, you're too heavy. So make me leaner. Yeah. Very easy. Eat less. Well, it's probably not that easy. Why, why do you maybe eat too much or uh, don't do uh, as much exercise? Oh, I feel stressed and don't have enough time. Why don't you have enough time? Well, yes. we have a new baby and whatnot. Okay. Uh, what, and, and so you, you ask a couple of times until you get to the root cause. And then suddenly it's not like eat less. Suddenly it's like, um, carve out two hours or one hour or three hours a week to do something you love for exercise. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like the, um, yeah, I like the way you describe the coaching part of it. I think that's very important that we partner with, with our clients to help them solve their problem, but we also coach or we equally coach them uh, uh, along the way or even before that. So yeah, that's, uh, I, I agree with that. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, because I mean, the RFP is not uh, a self-serving purpose and they're happy if the uh, RFP is met, they want to reach a business goal. And if you help them achieve the business goal, they're happy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's where the, I mean, that's the, I, I mentioned earlier, our clients uh, in my sector are, are quite mature with procurement yeah. teams and et cetera. But the, 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 the flip side of that is they take, they write RFPs to some <laughs> detail that is actually not really answering the real business problem they're trying to yeah. solve. So yeah, I agree. There's a, this coaching element to it. Yes. Yeah, very good. So, uh, Matt, that was an interesting journey you took us on, like building up the, the UK branch, working together in a new company, um, having some difficulties with Brexit and, and then COVID. I mean, and you toughened yes. it out. You didn't go. Uh, you stuck to it. No. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that's like, uh, behaving like a true entrepreneur, I would say, toughen out the bad times and look out for, for good times. Um, and, uh, and now we are at the end of our conversation, but I still have five rapid five questions for you. Um, are you ready? Yes, please. <laughs> First one, how do you keep body and mind fit and sharp? Um, well, first, my wife and my children uh, keep me rather uh, sane, so they, 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 they're very good. Um, also, practicing uh, sports, I guess, uh, does help for me. Uh, I mostly commute on, on the bike. Uh, most days, uh, I, I practice uh, martial arts and, and most of, of my holidays. Arts? Uh, Taekwondo, it's a Korean uh, martial art. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, discipline, hard work, cardio, everything you can imagine. <laughs> uh, and it's a contact one. So a bit oh. of, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. It's all self every, every, well, in fact, last night, every Thursday night. Uh, that's good. Uh, and most of my uh, uh, spare time or holidays uh, would be around or would include the uh, outdoor sports. So I, I think for me, not for everyone, but that's the way I, Uh, I can refresh and 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 keep uh, keep fit and sharp. Yeah. Yeah. You look fit. That's what I thought. You do something also. Um, do you have a favorite business book? Oh, interesting. You're asking. I've just uh, relaunched our book club uh, in the office. I'm a big fan of uh, book clubs. In fact, I've, uh, if, if you have one minute, I've sure. I met a guy, an entrepreneur in uh, Eastern Europe, very successful in the sort of new car rental or rental uh, uh, business super successful and he 
when I was uh, talking to him, he said, hey, Matt, you know what I do? I, in my contracts, employee contracts, I, I put a, an obligation to be part of the, uh, the book club. And people must read books and they must share. And we have an online platform or Slack or whatever where everybody would put their book reviews. And I said, that's fantastic. Well, I don't think in the UK I can force people to read in a contract. <laughs> but that's when, back in the days, I've launched uh, my first uh, corporate book club. So we did that. We did uh, we, we do that at your group in London. And the yeah. last book we've selected is um, Anti-Fragile by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Ah, yeah. Very interesting. The yes. one guy, no? The, uh, the, the, yeah, exactly, exactly. And the, um, the central idea of that book is that systems, organizations, some of them benefits from shocks and crisis and volatility. So very different yeah. from resilience, uh, which is probably the ability to bounce back, but anti-fragility, yeah, that's the ability to grow from volatile situations. So, uh, uh, that's quite interesting. Cool. Um, we put it in the show notes. Um, do you have a favorite IT tool that you use yourself um, or your practice uses successfully beyond the normal teams and whatnot? Well, yeah. So we, as you can imagine, we still do a lot of uh, PowerPoint style reports and uh, etc. So, uh, 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 but but I'm a big fan of um, uh, uh, ThingSell. I don't I don't mm. know if you put that onto It's your MS. Uh, yeah, so ThingCell is uh, embedded into uh, into uh, uh, World PowerPoint and etc. is uh, yes. very helpful. <laughs> yes. uh, big fan of uh, lately, big fan of uh, Bing or ChatGPT and this uh, these tools as well. Very useful. Uh, well, to be to be used with caution and uh, and uh, uh, etc. But uh, very useful. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, and 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 then the younger member of uh, of my team, uh, they always manipulate data and stuff with Python and etc. And that's super helpful. I mean, don't compare to when I started uh, 20 plus years ago, uh, uh, manipulating data in Excel these days uh, is just incredible, the speed and efficiency. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, I worked during that time using Excel yeah. and, and whatnot in quantum data. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who should be our next leaders in consulting podcast guests? So what other partner or idea for consultancy that you know could be a good fit for us? Um, well, I mean, happy to, I mean, at, at your group, for example, uh, uh, Gilles Bonafant is the uh, uh, president in Paris um, or Norman Weiser in, uh, in Germany, uh, the main mm -hmm. partner there uh, would be fantastic. Uh, but also, I mean, beyond your group, I met some uh, special people, I guess, uh, uh, throughout the years. and. Uh, Uh, a chap called Chris Tattersall uh, here in the UK, uh, uh, a British banker turned uh, consultant, uh, right. would be fantastic. I mean, he's retired now, so uh, uh, maybe he will uh, he will go back uh, down memory lane. Yeah. Um, Rob Evert maybe uh, was uh, originally from Belgium, my boss uh, uh, at my first uh, consulting firm, uh, early to on late 90s, early 2000. He was quite incredible. Rob started his first consulting firm in Belgium in the in his mid-20s, sold it to IBM successfully, then That's created cool. Capco in his mid-30s and sold it to FIS. So he was uh, yeah, very, very successful, uh, but he's not a consultant anymore, I guess. So yeah, oh, my good old friend, uh, Christophe Degrange, uh, head of consulting in uh, PwC uh, France would be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cool. Thanks a lot. Um, I will either you you could you could ask them or I will reach out to them yeah, and ask them yeah, if they're yeah. winning. That's pretty cool. 
And now you can directly address our audience. So other leaders of consulting companies, how can they help you or with what kind of consultancy would you even consider partnering because they have a skill set or, or context that you need and the other way around as well? Um, well, I mean, we, we always, um, because of our size, I guess, we're always uh, uh, keen to, uh, to, to, to work with uh, uh, other firms, uh, discover uh, uh, o o other organizations. We're also the founding member of an international network of independent consulting firms. So we're always uh, happy to take uh, uh, new members uh, if they fit and if there is no... Uh, Uh, overlap uh, into the into well, what's the network. The How can you find information about this? Uh, uh, the network is called. Uh, so you'll find everything on Eurogroup uh, website, and the network is called Next Continent. Um, okay. and there is a website as well, so you can uh, find out about this. Um, but mo mo I mean, beyond that, I guess um, my only request or ask would be uh, maybe uh, to be kind to each other, right? Uh, Uh, most of us, I mean, during these times, most of us listening to to your podcast. I mean, we live uh, very privileged uh, lives, I guess. So, so try and be supportive and and caring whenever you can. I mean, even in the corporate world, I think that would be my uh, my only ask. That's a good, and we are right now recording this in December, back during Christmas time. That's uh, exactly. a good, good message. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thanks a lot for that one. How Matt, how can people get in touch with you best? Uh, well, you'll find all my details on Eurogroup website. I think we have uh, uh, our fantastic uh, pictures and bios of the partner group. So you'll have all my details or on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm uh, semi-active on LinkedIn. So if I get a message on LinkedIn, uh, I, I will see it eventually and I will respond. So feel free to do that. Uh, yeah, but again, perfect. my details, uh, mobile and et cetera, are probably uh, available on the, on, the, uh, on the Eurogroup website. So uh, feel free to reach out. And we put your, the link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Thanks a lot for being our guest. It was a true pleasure to hear your story. Right. All right, thank you very much, Sammy, for having me. And uh, have a great Christmas. You too. Thank you. That's it. That's our recording. Um, I, I have one, one, two, three follow-up questions right now. One, um, that's an easy one. Is there anything in the whole process that we can do better? Uh, no, I think it was uh, 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 really great uh, the way you approached me. Was it LinkedIn? I think at the beginning uh, to the uh, to the detail agenda on the email. Super useful to make my notes as well. So no, no, all uh, all good. Um, I don't know about the format. What you do with this? Is it going to be an hour long video, or you sort of cut it? And no, so so uh, that's exactly what I tell you now. So of course we yeah. publish it as a as a podcast, but then we take out snippets out of it. So short one, two, three video parts, ah, okay, with little yeah. content pieces that we publish on LinkedIn. We okay. create uh, blog posts out of certain topics out of it. We put you in our newsletter. So we make it digestible, yeah. But okay, it's important yeah. to talk for a longer time because I don't know a priori what kind of interesting things you will say. Mm -hmm. And now we have a long, long list of things we can pick out from, and that's what we do. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fine. I mean, no problem. No, no. So the whole process uh, uh, works well. I mean, uh, I guess your challenge is finding uh, 90 minutes on people's agenda, but uh, uh, I guess that's uh, that's your challenge. Somehow it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least you said yes. So we have the option for you to also take part. We call it our blind date networking. Um, so if you would participate once a month, you get connected to another consulting leader um, and with a nice breaker topic and um, can just chat for 15 minutes and make new connections. You can always uh, sign off again. 
uh, or sign out if you don't like it. Uh, would you like to try that one out? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll depend on sort of time commitments, timing, and etc. So I'm not sure uh, how it's gonna work, but yeah, we could uh, we could uh, uh, we could. I mean, to be fair, I'm always uh, very happy to to contribute, share, discuss, meet new people. Uh, as I said, I mean, even at the end, one of the last questions, I'm quite happy to mentor, coach. I mean, I, I do that yep. uh, all the time. Um, uh, it's just a time commitment. and That's and, why I'm asking. It's absolutely okay to say, well, these 15 right, exactly. minutes a month, oof, I'm so stressed out now, it's not worth it. Right, exactly, exactly. So it, it depends, but uh, um, uh, that's something we could I could try uh, early next year and see, uh, see how it goes, yeah, potentially. Okay. So if it's fine for you, I, I put you on the list for early next year. You will get okay. one an email if you try it out. You don't like it, you just click on unsubscribe, and you will never receive this email again. It's quite okay. Simple. Okay. Yeah. Um, then what else do I have? Would you like to receive the content also in the corporate identity of your company so that you can use it for yourself and it's free of charge? Say that again. Sorry, I'm not sure. I so we create content for LinkedIn, like video clips, citation pictures, and whatnot. Um, and we can also create that content additionally in the look and feel of your group. Oh, no, it's okay. We do. Um, okay. Unfortunately, Paris has a big uh, marketing view on things. And uh, no, no, don't, 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 uh, don't bother do that. That's fine. I'll, That's I'm, sure, I'm sure I'll see, I'll see all uh, on your website and, and social media. And uh, I'll be happy to, uh, to, uh, how do you say, to uh, forward and repost like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like and etc. So yeah, no, no, it doesn't need to be on, the, on, our, on our format, no. Very good. And then during the pre-interview, you said that uh, you've never won a project through LinkedIn up to now. Um, Say that again? On, during our pre-interview, you said that uh, you never won a project through LinkedIn up to now, leveraging LinkedIn, yeah? Yeah. Um, is this true? Yeah, that's true. No, no, LinkedIn, I mean, I like LinkedIn. Uh, I use it for branding, personal branding or, or corporate branding, uh, yeah. uh, meeting new people. I met new people in uh, through LinkedIn uh, and then I met them uh, in real life uh, in somehow. Uh, but no, I never, never, never won a, a project uh, uh, through LinkedIn. And to be fair, and also I never hired anyone from LinkedIn, even though I paid, the, you know, the, you pay the subscription when you post an ad. And I've done that many times. Uh, uh, even before uh, Eurogroup, uh, I had always tons of candidates, uh, but never hired anyone on the back of that. So maybe I do it ah. wrong. <laughs> maybe I do so it wrong. I, I have one opportunity for you here. So on the one hand side, I can give you hands-on advice that you can execute yourself with your team on how to really do like win win new employees uh, through LinkedIn. It's quite simple. You just need an assistant who helps you. And you maybe have someone you can leverage or, or a young consultant who, who can execute it for you. And then the other one is um, we in our company is, is uh, quite good at helping consulting leaders get in touch with potential clients and become a trusted advisor. So it's it's not like you win a project like boom, they one is like you build a relationship, you become a trusted advisor, you find out their pain points, and then you are on a short list. Yeah. Um, but we have a quite good process in how to do that by leveraging LinkedIn. So if you're interested, I can show you how that one works. Well, I mean, that's interesting because, and maybe I'm showing my edge now, but I believe in my industry, I mean, my clients are, we didn't name clients, but the big, large uh, investment banks uh, you can think of in London, right? I don't, I don't believe 
So most of the sort of middle managers, etc., they're all on LinkedIn. These guys at the, at the headquarter level, they post so much information. They tell the whole story on LinkedIn, right, at the corporate level. But I don't think, I never heard any stories that you would, uh, 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 on the back of that, you would, uh, you would uh, 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 be included into a shortlist or even win a project. Uh, and the reason I believe, and maybe I'm wrong, yeah, but the reason I believe that is because they hired an army of procurement specialists, an army of internal consultants, an army of blah, 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 lawyers, and et cetera. And they do it in a very, very or extremely professional, old-fashioned uh, way. I mean, my clients, maybe if I was to pitch or work with more innovative companies or, or I don't know, less established or less uh, mastodont uh, uh, companies, maybe I would believe you. But in my field of work, uh, I need to ask my colleagues, in fact, some of the partners in, uh, in other, in other countries, whether they, they do that. I know in Germany, my colleague Norman, um, I don't think he's uh, ever, uh, he's not a LinkedIn fan anyway. I don't think he ever, uh, win or hired anyone from LinkedIn. Uh, and in Paris, I suspect that maybe there are some subsectors where this is not true, but, uh, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced, uh, Sammy, to be fair. Well, that's fine. I mean, you don't have to be convinced. It's just, um, that I know because we we serve yeah. really conservative industries. Like the hardest one is chief security officers of large corporations. They are almost like hard to find on LinkedIn, and they don't post anything. Yeah, they're quite like a security concern. Yeah, even yeah. for them it works. And it's like like the example that you mentioned with the one project um, where one of your partners in Paris had a relationship, and that's how you got on yeah. like someone called you that's that's how it works um i mean it's fine if you say no i don't need any more ideas on how to win more projects or get more relationships but if you're curious on how to find out how to maybe leverage uh, linkedin in a way that you never seen before i could show you yeah, let one. me uh let me come back uh, to you on that because i know um uh some some younger uh, uh, marketing or business people in uh, in Paris are really thinking uh, long and hard and and on on this one and and not just LinkedIn any other type of network uh, uh, being being physical or or, or, or digital. Uh, yeah. So let, uh, be, before before expressing any uh, curiosity, let me uh, check uh, on what we do and don't do and and come back to you on that one if that's okay. Sounds good. So my team will reach out to you um, and and will let you know when we publish. And, oh, yes. and, uh, we'll also send you anything for approval upfront. Yes. So also the transcript and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to publish our conversation. It was really insightful. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, uh for this. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to receiving all of this. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Matt. And have a nice Christmas time. And you. Cheers. Have a good day. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter at leadersinconsulting.com to get key takeaways from this podcast delivered straight to your inbox and to learn more about how you can join our community of consultancy leaders from around the world. You'd really make my day if you left us a review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. And who knows, maybe we can meet each other at the next Leaders in Consulting monthly meetup. Until then, have a great rest of your week. Your host, Sam.